Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au you have your Bibles, turn with me, Psalm 139, reading from verse 13. Psalm 139, reading from verse 13. The Bible says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. Every time I look in the mirror, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so, Father, we're just so grateful that we can be in the house of God. And, Father, we've come into your presence hungry, not to hear from a person, but to hear from you. So, Lord, I just pray that there would be a sense of expectation. Speak to us as individuals, Lord God. Speak to me. Father, let one thought, one word penetrate the depths of my heart, Lord God, our hearts this morning. That will shift something in deep in our spirit, Lord God, I pray. Shift us closer to you, I pray. Let there be nothing in me that hinders your word. Let there be just, just freedom. And I thank you for what you're going to do this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to begin a new series this morning entitled Called to Serve. Uh, one of the things we believe as Christians is that we're not here by accident. We believe that we're not the product of some cosmic bang, um, that we are in fact created by God. Not just created, that we are created for a purpose, for a reason. Uh, the Bible says about David, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, he didn't actually fall asleep. Uh, that's code for he died, all right? So now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I love that scripture. It says a couple of really important things. First of all, it says that David served God's purpose. Uh, that means that God had a purpose for David's life. Uh, it, it means that um, David was no accident. He, 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 wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't an accident. Uh, his giftings were no accident. His talents were no accident. He was born at just the right time, at just the right place, because God had a specific purpose for his life. Then David served God's purpose. I want you to know that God has a specific purpose for your life. Come on, church. I want you to know that God has a specific purpose for your life, that you are not an accident. It doesn't matter how you were born. Your parents might have thought that you were a surprise. Uh, that's, a no, that's code for accident. But, 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 but you know, you, you, your parents may not have planned for your birth, but God had always planned for your birth in the name of Jesus. You are not an accident. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. That's an important truth that we're going to just come back to. And notice the second thing that verse says. It says, David served God's purpose. He served. David served the purposes of God. David could have served his own purpose. What a tragedy that would be. David could have served someone else's purpose. Instead, he chose to serve the purposes of God for his life. And we're going to choose what we're going to do in our life. Are we going to, choose some, are we going to serve somebody else's purpose? Are we going to serve our own purpose? Or are we going to serve the purposes of God for our life? Rita, just before the service, she came, just told me, she says, people that have a purpose in life live longer. 
Can I hear an amen? Come on. Do you want to live a long time? Get a hold of the purpose why God has created you. And I want you to know that there's nothing greater that we can do in life than to discover and serve the purposes of God for our life. To understand that we are created by God, to understand that we are created for purpose, to understand what that purpose is and to live it out in the name of Jesus. When you serve in the area that is consistent with how God has wired you up, you experience joy, motivation, fulfillment, satisfaction. There's a sense where you feel like, I was created for this, I was born for this. There's this sense deep inside of your spirit where you go, you know what, this is what I was created to do. This this is why I was put on this earth. I don't know about you, but if there's something I want to do with my life, is serve the purposes of God. There was a time way back when in, in my youth where, where this thought was, was not just a thought. It kind of penetrated my heart and it penetrated my being. It said, okay, I didn't decide to be here. I didn't decide to be born in my family. I didn't decide to be born in Adelaide. I didn't decide any of this. I don't know, which city would you have liked to be born in? I mean, I, Adelaide, everybody Adelaide? I still would have preferred Milan or Rome somewhere. The food is amazing. The ice cream. Come on, man. Anyway, Adelaide's an amazing city. I didn't choose to be born here. Okay, God, God has ordained for me to be here. Well, why? Whatever, whatever that is, I want to find out what that is. I want to serve those purposes. I want to live my life serving His purposes. And I, I, I made a decision somewhere back then, and I said, God, do something with my life. Whatever it is you've curated me to be here, I don't want to serve my purposes. I want to serve your purposes for my life. There's no greater life that can be lived than to do the will of God. I I can serve my will. I can do my will. I can even serve somebody else's will. I don't want to do either of those. I want to serve the will of God. Jesus said, if it's possible, take this cup away from me, but, but, but not my will, your will be done. Jesus said again and again and again and again and again. He said, I have come to do my Father's will. That was it. He didn't come to serve the people's will. Oh, the people had plans and purposes for his life. The enemy certainly had a plan for his life. People had a plan. The disciples had a plan for his life. But Jesus never said, I've come to serve the disciples' will or the masses' will or the enemy's will. He said, I've come to do my Father's will. And when we step into our Father's will, we experience joy, motivation, a sense of satisfaction. There's this sense where I was created to do this. No greater life that can be lived than to be in the, in the will of God. Here's the problem. Very few people ever discover what the will of God is for their life, what the purpose is. Two main reasons why. Firstly, is because they don't like who they are. They feel like they have nothing to offer. They don't have any gifts. That others are more gifted than them. They say, I wish I was taller, shorter, smarter, skinnier, more talented. And the list goes on and on and on. Forever seeing all their flaws and minimizing their strength. Isn't it amazing? That's all we ever, when we ever look at ourselves, all we ever see is what we don't have instead of seeing what we do have. It's just this, this, this sinister kind of thing in our hearts. We always see what we don't have instead of seeing what we do have. I was just listening to Brian Houston last night who said even models that are, you know, seem to have it all, you know, even they just focus on, on what they don't have right instead of, you know, the, the rest of it. Thank God some of us, we're just, we're just, it's just, we're just all, all good. You know what I'm saying? Fearfully and wonderfully made. I just, I just, except the hair. I mean, we're going to talk to God a little bit about the hair thing. But anyway, someone last week said, has anyone ever told you you look like Sting? 
I wasn't sure if it was a compliment or a put down. I wasn't quite sure. I don't know, I don't know Sting too well. But anyway, um, listen, the enemy is always going to highlight our flaws. The enemy's always going to highlight our flaws. When we ever look at ourselves, we're always going to see what we don't have. I, that, we all do that. The Bible says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's a reason why the enemy does that. It's to deter us from the purpose that God has called us to do. Secondly, people miss out on their calling because they're trying to be someone that they're not. They're forever comparing themselves to someone else. Listen, if God wants you to be like someone else, he would have created you like them. There are 7 billion people in the world and they each have a unique thumbprint. Each, each and every person has a unique thumbprint. That's because God has created us in a unique way because he has a unique plan for our lives. There are things that you can do that no one else can do. You never need to worry, you know, or compare or worry that someone's going someone's to take your place. No one can ever take your place because there are things that you can do that no one else can do. You're unique. So we're going to unpack this theme over the next uh, few weeks. And I pray that God will begin to speak to us. I, I pray that God will begin to release some things in our hearts and in our lives, some gifts and talents and ministries in our lives. I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to call out giftings in our lives. Because I think that there are some things in your life and my life that are dormant and that need to be called out in the name of Jesus. Those, those gifts and those, those, those potential that we have inside of us has been squashed by experiences and thoughts and, 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 and beliefs that are, that, are, that are not of God and they're kind of squashed. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to call that out in the name of Jesus. Often as we look at the church, we discuss as a leadership team and we say, you know what we need? We need someone in this and we need someone in that and we need someone that can be like this. I just need someone who's got this kind of a bend and this kind of a, a, kind of a, a, kind of a ministry. This, this is what we need to be doing. Now listen what I believe. I, I believe God has placed everything that we need to accomplish the vision for this church right here. It's sitting right here in church. I don't believe we need to look somewhere else. I don't need to think we need to wish or, or, or kind of think, well, if we could just get someone in that could, no, no, no. I believe there's everything that we need to accomplish the vision of this church. It's sitting right here. I believe there's enough money in the church to accomplish the vision of this church in the name of Jesus. It's true. And so what, what I believe is not, not that we don't have gifted people. I believe that those gifts are dormant. That's what I believe. That those gifts are dormant. And so I pray that this word is going to start to call them out in the name of Jesus. I, I pray that God is going to begin to start to release some of those gifts and talents that are there. Some of those passions and abilities that are, that are kind of dormant there. That God is going to begin to call them out in the name of Jesus. They're going to start to bubble up to the surface in Jesus' name. Those dreams that you've had, that you've squashed down, that you've said, no, that's not God, that can't be me. That it's going to start to bubble up to the surface again in the name of Jesus. You know, I said before, anyone can count the apples in a seed, but only God can count. No, only anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. And, and you know, anyone can see what's, what's on the outside. Anyone can see that, but only God sees what's really inside of us. Only God sees the potential in a seed. And I just pray that he's going to begin to call that out in the name of Jesus. When you were created, you weren't created just to exist. He didn't say, well, let me create Job. What, what are we going to do with Job? Well, I just want Job to exist. I want him to wake up in the morning. I just want him to eat, go to work, and then come home, and then just, just exist. I want him to just go through that for his whole life and then die. I don't believe that's why God created us. 
When God created us, he created us with purpose in mind. When God created us, he created us with a reason in mind. And, and if we can tap into that reason, if we can tap into that call that's on upon our lives, our lives can be lived differently. Not only will our lives be lived differently, the life of this church will be lived differently. Not only will the life of this church be lived differently, our world will be different because we are tapping in to the call of God that's upon our lives. I, I, I know I don't want to keep referring back to it, but you know, what happened last weekend is just an absolute miracle. Come on, church, it's a miracle. It's, it's, I was talking to the staff this week. It's an Old Testament story. You know what I mean? It belongs in First Chronicles. That's that whole, what happened last week belongs in First Chronicles. There was a man and, you know, he was under attack and there were the posters were saying this and this and this, but he was a praying man. He cried out to God and, and, then, and then, then God intervened. It's one of those kind of stories that belongs in there. But here was a man, I don't know when he was young or wherever he was or whatever, this little bug came into his mind and he said, I'm going to enter politics. And everything was going against him. But he, but he said, I'm going to end the politics. Because there was just something inside of him that drew him towards that. And, 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 and he began to obey and began to move and, and position himself. And, and, and God began to reward that and bless that. And, and here he is now, leading our nation in the name of Jesus. Now, I understand. I appreciate there could be all kinds of different sides of politics right now. But isn't it great to have a Pentecostal leading our nation in the name of Jesus? Come on, this is, this is unprecedented. It's a miracle. If you, if you don't believe that's a miracle, I don't know what, what a miracle looks like. To have a Pentecostal who's open about his Pentecostality of all the, of all the, the different you know, branches of Christianity. Pentecostal is the weirdest one. I mean, you know, just turn around and look at the people sitting next to you. It's the weirdest one. And somehow he's, he's in, somehow he's managed to get into that position of influence. And I think that's God. And that's powerful. I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life. He might, he's not going to call all of us to be the prime minister. I appreciate that. He's not called all of us to do some grand thing. But God has a purpose and a plan for our life. And if we would tap into that purpose and the call of God that's upon it, our lives would be lived differently. We would live longer, says the research. Question is, how do we discover that purpose? How do we discover that purpose? Well, I want to kind of unpack this over the next few weeks, but, but just let me give you a few simple thoughts today. N number one, uh, you need to know that God has a unique plan for your life. Know that God has a unique plan for your life. Now, this is a simple thought, and I know that it's a no-brainer. Uh, but I, 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 as I was reflecting on this, I just thought, you know, I never want us to take this for granted. Those of us that have grown up in church, we kind of, we kind of, well, I know that God has a plan for my life, but maybe there's someone here visiting today that's hearing this for the very first time. I, I, I want you to know, if that's you, that God has a plan for your life. And if you would just tap into that purpose, your life would be lived differently. If we're going to reach our potential in God, then something needs to change in our hearts. We need to start to see our lives from God's perspective. We need to know and believe what God says about us. There's our, there's our verse in our text. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me. Written in your book before one of them came to be. 
Notice how many powerful truths are, in this, are embedded in these verses. This is the kind of verses that you need to memorize. These are the kind of verses you need to put on your fridge and memorize. Carry them with you in your pocket. And when instead of thinking about crazy things, pull them out of your pocket and memorize these words. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Notice how many powerful truths are there. God created our inmost being. He knit us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were not hidden from God when he made us. In other words, we were not made in some warehouse down there and God was here and then God takes a walk to the warehouse and says, and they said, oh, we made Joe. What did you make Joe for? Bible says he's not hidden. He was, he was part of creation of Joe. God created me. I hate to break it to you, but he did. Okay. He created you. And God planned every single day of our life. I don't know about you, but that, that makes me feel good. God has planned every, every single day of my life, has actually written in the book before I ever was born. And that, 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 there's, there's something reassuring about that. Scripture's full of purpose. We are who we are today because of what we believe about ourselves. Listen carefully. We are who we are today because of what we believe about ourselves, what we think about ourselves, what we say about ourselves. What do we believe about ourselves? What do we think about ourselves? What do we say about ourselves? Some people are forever confessing negativity and hopelessness and, and straight out lies. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And here's the truth. We were created by God. God has a plan and purpose for our lives. And some of us need to get a hold of those truths and confess them every single day. Pastor Joe, but I just don't feel it. Well, it's about time we just tell our feelings. Hey, feelings, you know, take a back seat. Not controlled by our feelings. We are controlled by our spirit. The spirit takes precedence over our feelings and over our emotions and over our thoughts. It's our spirit. We are guided by the spirit. It's the spirit of truth that dictates how we feel and how we think in the name of Jesus. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. God's word is truth. And we need to bring our thoughts into, into line. Job 10 verse 8, your hands shaped me and made me. Verse 9, remember you molded me like clay. Verse 10, you guided my conception and formed me in my womb. It's beautiful. First step to discovering our purpose is to know that God has a unique plan for our lives. Second thing that we need to understand is that God is more interested in character than gifting. So often when it comes to discovering our purpose, we want to know where we're going to serve, what position we're going to have. Am I the next Billy Graham? Is really the question we're asking. The next Darlene check. What God is more interested in is character. What God is more interested than anything else is, is our character. What's happening inside of us. It's not so much about what we do, but how we do it. And why we do it. One day, James and John's mom came to Jesus. This is a beautiful picture, Matthew 20, verse 24. All right, you've got you to you get the picture of this. One day, James and John's mother came to Jesus on her knees, and she asked Jesus for a favor. you just got to get this. It's mom and the two boys, the two really grown boys. They're not just, you know, like five-year-olds. These are grown men. And she comes to Jesus on her knees, and she says, Jesus, I need a favor. Well, this, well, this, this is desperate. I mean, this... this, this what could this woman possibly want? I can just imagine Jesus thinking. And she says, let my two sons sit, one on your right hand and one on your left in glory. Now, I, I don't know, if you, maybe you don't see comedy in the Bible. I do, okay? I can just imagine Jesus turning around and going, 
you've got to be joking. Here's this, uh, this mum uh, who's, well, whatever, anyway, and, and these two boys, they're two boys, why don't we send mummy? Yeah, let's send mummy. She can go and talk for us. That's awesome. And Jesus says, well, I can't make that decision. Only my father can, gives a little spill. And then the Bible goes on to say, when the 10 heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Indignant is a really nice word to say. They were furious. They were ticked off. Uh, they were furious because they were thinking of doing it themselves and they didn't get in first. That's the only reason why they were furious. Jesus calls them together, boys, come here. And he's about to depart and, and these guys are jostling for position. Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. The kingdom of God is completely in reverse. The world says we need to be number one and we need power and we need to be great. Jesus said greatness in the kingdom of God is marked by servanthood. Just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. To give his life as a ransom for many. Disciples were looking for position. Jesus was saying, greatness in the kingdom is measured by the heart of a servant. It's about character. And one of the greatest characteristics we can develop in our hearts is servanthood. Whenever God wants to use someone, one of the first things he does, he begins to work on the character. That's what he starts. That's where he starts, well, God, do something with my life. Well, where God starts to do something with our lives, he starts to shape our character. And sometimes that looks like trials and challenges and difficulties. I mean, you, you read throughout the Bible, whenever, whenever God started to use someone, first thing he did is he put them through some fire. And fire was not by chance, it was there to shape and to mold the heart so that they could be used by him. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says. Whenever God intends to make a man or a woman great, he breaks him in pieces first. Now there's a word encouragement for someone, okay? I just, just feel that's a word of encouragement for someone. Whenever God intends to make a great man, he breaks him in pieces first. Have none of you ever noticed in your own lives that whenever God is going to give you an enlargement and bring you out to a larger sphere of service or a higher platform of spiritual life, you always get thrown down. That's his usual way of working. He makes you hungry before he feeds you. He strips you before he robes you. He makes you nothing uh, of you before he makes something of you. Hmm. Suffering is not just a random act. The suffering is there to prepare you for what God is about to do with your life. God values character more than gifting. And that's where he starts. Number three, you need to know how God has wired you up. Notice the verses we read earlier, for you created my inmost being, you need me together in my mother's womb. If we are to understand our purpose, we need to understand how God has created us, how God has wired us up. God has created us in a certain way by His grace and for His glory, and we need to kind of get to know how. When God was knitting us together in our mother's womb, what did He wire in there? So there's at least three things that we need to consider. First, we need to consider our passions. If you can tap into your passions, you'll tap into your purpose. Listen really carefully. If you tap into your passions, you'll tap into your purpose. If you discover what you're passionate about, you'll get some idea about what your purpose is. Dictionary defines passion as an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Apostle Paul was passionate about preaching the gospel. I mean, he, he was an evangelist. He was a gifted evangelist. He was passionate about preaching the God. He couldn't help himself. Couldn't him, help himself uh, wherever he was. 
he would preach the gospel. There's the, the pastor that started this church. He's, he's still alive and related to quite a few people. He's a passionate evangelist. Goes and visits his, uh, his wife who died some years ago and she's at the cemetery. Whoever's at the cemetery is going to get preached to in the name of Jesus. He's passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can barely walk. He's on, a, he's on, a, he's on a tr- one of those scooter things and he's still going out giving tracks. Can't help himself. He's passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are passionate about all kinds of things, politics, business, people, architecture, engineering, old people, young people, and the list goes on and on and on. If we can tap into our motivations, we will tap into something very powerful. When you're in a job you're passionate about, uh, you don't need the alarm to wake you up in the morning. When you're in a job that you're not passionate about, you hate the alarm. (laughs) And the job drains you. God was knitting you together. He, he, he threw in some passions. One of the greatest things that we can do is tap into those and discover what they are. Now, just because you have a passion doesn't mean it's your purpose. Just because you have a passion, it does not mean it's your purpose. It gives you an indication as to what the purpose is. doesn't mean it's your purpose. Passion gives us some indication. Second thing we need to consider is our abilities or giftings. How many people know you can be passionate about something and not be any good at it? If you don't believe me, all you need to do is watch Australian Idol or Australia's Got Talent. And there are people that go up on stage and they build it out like as if they're the next Elvis. Hello, I'm here. They're passionate, motivated, full of energy, but it sounds awful. (laughs) And I'm not even a musician, but I can tell awful when I see it. If we're to tap into our purpose, not only will we be passionate about what we do, we'll be good at it as well. And God has given each of us certain abilities. This is what God said to Moses. See, I have chosen Bezalel of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills or with all kinds of abilities. Verse 6 of the same, Exodus 31, Also I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Who's the one that gives abilities? The Bible tells us it's God who gives different people different abilities. God has given you some abilities. I believe everyone can be great at something. I believe that firmly. I believe that with all my heart. I believe everybody can be great at something. Everybody is gifted in a certain area. I don't care who you are. If you can tap into the abilities that God has given you and you start to channel those abilities, you can become great at it. Problem with us is usually we look at our weaknesses and we start to work on those. We focus on our weaknesses instead of working on our strengths. When we get a report card, we get, you know, a B, B or A, and then we get a D. Which one do we focus on? We focus on the D. Instead, what we should do, yes, the D needs to come up to a C perhaps, a little bit of work on there. But where we need to focus on is the strengths because that's how God has created us. Everyone can do something exceptionally well. You just need to explore and find what your abilities are. Third one is personality. God has not only lent us with some passion and gifts, but he's also given us a unique personality. There are introverts and extroverts, perfectionists and normal people. (laughs) Task-oriented people and people-oriented people, indoor and outdoor. How many people would like a perfectionist to be their surgeon? Come on. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine a she'll be right, mate, kind of surgeon? There you go, mate. Yep, great. Oops, uh, was it the left leg or the right leg we had to amputate? Which one was it again? Sorry, come here. If we're going to discover our purpose, we need to ask ourselves tough questions. Who am I? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? If you can tap into who you are, you're on your way to discovering your purpose. 
This is a really important principle. Very few people take the work to understand who they are and understand how God has wired them to be. Number four, you need to, the fourth thing you need to do is give ourselves to a purpose greater than us. This is really important. Jesus said, who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. In other words, listen, listen really carefully. To find our purpose, we need to give ourselves to something greater than us. If all we do is find ourselves, discover our passions and talents and personality, it's a good thing to do. Very few people ever do that. But if all we do is discover those things, passions, abilities, personalities, and all we have is a career. If all we do is, 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 uh, is identify those things and, and work in those, all we have is a career. But when we use our giftings to serve a purpose that is greater than us, we have a calling. We have a calling. Notice how Jesus says, who finds his life shall lose it. In other words, if all we do is spend our whole life pursuing our goals, our dreams, our ambitions, how can I have more than you, be better than you, more powerful than you? If that's what we give our life to, Jesus says we will lose our life. We will waste our life because it will never bring the fulfillment it so-called promises. But when we use our passions, our gifts and talents to serve a purpose greater than ourselves, Jesus said, you're going to discover life. You're going to find your life. Just an amazing thing. God, God didn't give us those gifts and passions so that we could use them on ourselves. He did. So we, he wants to bless us and those gifts will certainly bless us. But more than that, he wants us to use those things for a greater purpose, for his purpose. Now Jesus' words almost sound like a contradiction. How can you lose your life and find it? How can you focus less on yourself and discover more about yourself? It's really quite simple. Notice how Jesus says, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. The moment I'm having an issue with my car. My car has all these gadgets. You know these new cars. Give me a break. Gadgets everywhere. On the steering wheel, on the front, on the everywhere. Buttons everywhere. Uh, certain buttons are not working the way I want them to work in my car. I remember my dad's Valiant. My dad's Valiant didn't have buttons. Okay, no, no, no buttons at all. Easy. No problems. But this car, full of buttons. And I'm a stats person. And my car's not giving me the stats that I want. So the other day I was getting frustrated, pushing all kinds of buttons, trying to get the one I wanted. Not while I was driving. No, I was stopped, okay? I'm, I'm pushing all these buttons, trying to, get the, trying to get the stats that I was wanting to find out from the car and not getting anywhere, just, just wasting my time. Now, I know how to fix the problem, by the way. All I need to do is read the manual. The blessed manual. It's in the glove box of the car. It's this thick. It tells me everything about the car. Uh, the, 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 the manual will tell me exactly what I need to do, but I don't want to read the manual. Do I have any, any, anyone out there that, that's kind of like a friend for me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to work this out on my own. Isn't that we are, how we are in life? We want to work it out on our own. Jesus says, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. Key to finding the purpose for our life is to speak to the one who created our life. It's get in line with the purposes of God for our life. It's read the manual because it will tell us why he created us. Jesus says when we lose our, uh, ourselves, when we stop chasing our dreams, our goals, our ambitions, 
when we die to our dreams, our goals, our ambitions, when we start to tap into the dreams and goals that God has for our life, we find life. When we start to live with an eternal perspective, with a kingdom perspective, when we start to use those gifts and talents within the context of a kingdom perspective, an eternal perspective, we will find life. We find our calling. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you as well. In other words, put God first, seek after the purposes of God and you find a purpose that is bigger than you, that you can serve in. Uh, success is using your gifts and talents to serve your purposes. Significance is using those same gifts and talents to serve others. And it doesn't mean, oh, Pastor Joe, does that mean that I need to become a, a, a missionary somewhere because that's the only way? No, 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 no. God, God, God has placed you right where you are. It's, it's, not about, it's, it's not about what you do. It's about why you do what you do. It's how you do what you do. It's about the perspective that you use to do what you do. If God has gifted you in business, you can either build your kingdom or God's kingdom. It's about perspective. And, and, and when, when, when we do it for our own purposes, then, then we're building our kingdom. But when we have an eternal perspective, we start to build God's kingdom. And we discover our calling. It's powerful. Some people say, well, Pastor Joe, I don't have a purpose greater than myself. I don't know what that is. Listen to the same verse in Mark. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Not everyone is going to be a Moses or a David or a Paul, but all of us can be part of the purpose of presenting the gospel. What is the gospel? Gospel is good news. It's telling people that God loves them, that God has a plan for their life, that God is interested in their pain, that God is interested in right where they are, and He wants to lead them and guide them out of that. He wants to love them. That through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can experience life. Isn't that what the purpose of the church is? Isn't that what the purpose of the church is? To present the gospel? And one of the ways we can tap into the purposes of God is through the church. One of the ways that we can tap into the purposes of God is by using our gifts and talents within the context of this place. Every, term, every time we serve in the children's ministry, we can do one of two things. We can say, well, I just have to be on the roster because I'm supposed to be on the roster. And it's getting worse. Now we've got to be there for two services. We, we can do it with that kind of a mentality or we can, we can do this with a kingdom mentality. As we're serving these kids, we're going to implant a truth that's going to change their life. That in, in 20, 30 years time, they're going to remember a Sunday school class, a Sunday school teacher who looked them in the eye and said, God is going to do something with your life. And they will never forget that. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. It's where we discover our calling. We can serve in the car park. Oh, God, I'm on the roster to do the car park this morning. Do you know how pain, painful people are when you've got to direct them to their car parks? These guys call them Christians. I see them worshipping in church afterwards in the car park. They weren't worshipping. <laughs> I think we need to put the band in the car park. You person is driving into church for the very first time. Wind down their window. Hey, it's great to have you with us today. 
It's good to meet you. Why don't you stop in and have a coffee later and someone come and see you. The experience that they have says, what's with this place? Why do people give up their time to do this? What is this? What is this about this place? I can tell you what it is about this place. We're just passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. It's not about, oh, life was amazing. If people walk out and say, life church was amazing, we have not achieved our mission or our vision. We failed. We want people to walk out of this place saying, I sense the presence of God. I just sensed God. Through the worship, through the words that that guy babbled on about and on and on and on. I just sensed something. Hospitality, cleaning, serving the needy, administration. Every time we serve with our gifts, in a purpose that is greater than us, we discover our calling. Oh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I could do life all over again. I I wish, sometimes I wish I could just go back 30, 40 years and just do it all over again. One day this man called Nicodemus came to Jesus. He he wants to know about eternity. Nicodemus was a religious man, a good man, a devoted man. And Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. Now I know that word is being misused today. But I love the concept of it. You know, when a computer plays up, what do you do? You reboot the system. Turn it off, turn it back on. When your modem's not working, you're on the line, oh, my modem's not working. Switch it off and switch it back on. And 80% of the time, it'll fix the problem. Start again. Giving your life to Jesus is like starting again. It's like starting again. The closer you get to God, the more you know God. The more you know, you, the more you discover about yourself. It's not look within. You know, the world says, New Age says, look within. God, the, the more I look within, I just see this dark black hole. Trust me. It's not look within. It's look above. Look to the one who created you. And as we, as we look to him, as we get closer to God, we begin to tap into the calling and the purpose of God for our life. Will you stand with me? This topic is a topic that I've always loved. It's a topic that, I, that has always energized me, motivated me, because it's the story of my life. I'm like you. Uh, I've had and sometimes continue to have negative thoughts about myself. Who are you? What do you think you are? You're not good at this. You're not good at the other thing. It's just negativity. And, and God somehow, somehow, I was just thinking about it last night again, Despite who we are, He chooses to bless us by His grace and for His glory. The enemy wants to sabotage the gifts and purposes and calling on your life. But there's stuff inside of you that He wants to begin to call out in the name of Jesus. If you're breathing, it's not because you're choosing to breathe. It's because God is allowing you to breathe. It's because He has a purpose for your life. The breath reminds you of that. And we can either use that to serve our purposes or serve the purposes of God. I want to serve the purposes of God. And can I just challenge you today? Say, okay, God, as we go from this place, just as we go, just say, God, I recognize you created me. Help me to understand what that's all about. Understand your gifts and talents and how can I use these gifts and these talents 
for a cause that is greater than me. Wow, that's powerful. How, how can I use what you've given me to serve a cause that is greater than me? Because when you tap into that, you tap into your calling. You tap into something very, very powerful. And you'll never be the same again. If you've never, ever given your life to Jesus, that's where it begins. That's where the reboot begins, right there. Boom. You push the reset button and you give your life to Jesus Christ. Just invite him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Say, Jesus, I recognize that you created me. And you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I give my life to you. And when when we pray that prayer, the Bible says we are born again. We start all over. Something changes. A miracle happens in our hearts and in our spirits. And we start to live. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came so that you can have life and life in abundance. It's the will of God for you. So, Father, I just thank you for your word. I just see miracles standing here this morning. Miracles. Each person is a miracle. Each person is a, is a unique miracle that you created, fearfully and wonderfully made. And so, Lord, I pray that by the Spirit of God, that gifts and talents that you've, you've placed within them, that you would begin to call them out in the name of Jesus. That they would begin to bubble up to the surface. Those passions would become clearer. The abilities would become clearer, Lord God, greater awareness of them, personality. And as we, we, as we come into an understanding of who we are, you're also going to plant some ideas, some thoughts about how, how we can use those for a purpose greater than us, to serve in your kingdom. We love you, God, and we're going to serve you all the days of our life. Be glorified, I pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.